Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Now that school is in session, it is time to rely on some easy, quick, and tasty staple recipes for family dinner. This school year, it is all about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and the deliciously simple recipes you can create with them. And if you are like me, this will spark so many childhood memories because there is nothing better than the scent of their golden delicious crust cooking in the oven. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can be a game changer in your kitchen. Yes, they are great as a side, as is, but with just a few simple steps, you can fill, roll, and bake and whip up kid-pleasing dinner recipes that won't take all night. Simply roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and voila, you've got a quick and easy spin on weeknight recipes that will please everyone. Pillsbury Crescents take center stage as they transform from a side dish to a main attraction. If you need some inspiration, you can check out pillsbury.com for tons of delicious recipes. They even have some great options for crowd pleasers now that it is football season, like a cheeseburger crescent ring or pepperoni pizza crescent roll bake and chicken and bacon ranch crescent rolls. You can find Pillsbury crescent rolls in the dairy aisle of your favorite grocery store and have dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. Say goodbye to the stress of mealtime and hello to delicious simplicity. If you're looking for dinner ideas that are quick, easy, and picky eater approved, Pillsbury crescent rolls are your secret weapon. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com and start your culinary adventure today. Your weeknight dinners will never be the same. It is as easy as fill roll and bake. Hi guys, and welcome to my big girl at home podcast studio. I've been wanting to like up the game when it comes to at home recordings for a while, because honestly, and this is a conversation that we'll have to have together in the beginning of 2024, but I really want to lean more into like the solo episodes and then potentially bringing on guests more every once in a while when it's a topic that like I deeply, deeply care about and want to discuss. Just based on the feedback that you all have given me and also like what lights me up and also what I consume. Like when I think about what I consume, I personally enjoy the more like fun update going through life together vibe than sit down interviews. So to be determined on what 2024 brings us and the show. But because of that and the fact that we moved, like when I do solo episodes, I'm not going to go, oh, you know what? I just started. I realized the episode like, hey, guys, last night, my older sister and I were on the phone and we're joking about maternity leave, which we're going to get into. And she's like, why don't I just record all of your ads for you? Like, God forbid you deliver again. I'll get into all of this. But and you need to have them recorded, why can't I just do them? 
And she's like, hey, guys. I'm like, what the fuck? Do I say that a lot? And she's like, yeah, you do. So I guess she's right because I was like, you're a bitch. But now I'm noticing. Anyway, now that we moved, like going into the city is really fun for certain things. And yes, I absolutely prefer being in person for interviews because it just like is such a different vibe and energy and conversation and final product across the board. However, for solos, like it just makes no sense for me really personally to go in, do the whole thing in the studio and then just it's it's a hoopla. It's a production. And now I have two kids. I will. My sister also sent me a TikTok that was like my favorite excuse for anything is I have two kids. You know, I have two kids. Like that's just going to be my excuse for anything I don't want to do. So I just feel like it's not reality for me to continuously be going into New York for solo recordings. So I'm trying to set up a little situation here. I got this very comfortable chair. We've got a little setup for the mic, the camera. This is really not that easy to sit in pregnant though, I will say. But the other reason, the main reason I like being in the studio is because I get video content. And I love to use video to promote episodes across platforms. And it's less work for me when I have the actual video versus like having to pull the audio and do B-roll footage in it, whatever. So I'm just like showing you how the sausage is made. Basically, welcome to the new at-home FF and Friends studio. Come on in, take a seat. Today's episode is, I think, probably the last solo we're going to do before Matt leave. I could be wrong. No one knows what the next two weeks has in store for us. But update-wise, I kind of think this baby is coming before the due date. And this is where my mind is kind of jumbled because I felt this way with squash because I remember at like, I guess my 37 no, my 38-week appointment, I remember I was fully effaced and like partially dilated. And so I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's get things moving. And I was so convinced we were going to go early. And then I ended up going into labor, like I think on right before his due date. I don't, I actually still don't remember what his actual due date was. So either way, it was definitely around like 40 weeks. I was not early, quote unquote. And I think that messed with me mentally because I convinced myself I was going early. And then those last two weeks were like fucking watching paint dry. So where I'm at right now is I just feel like everything hurts still. My body is in pain. I'm still going to pelvic floor PT, which is helping. I started seeing a chiropractor per a lot of recommendations. And I found one that does like the Webster technique, which is what people said to look for with pregnancy. And I really like her and it's so gentle, so gentle. It's nothing like what you see when it comes like chiropractors on TikTok or any of that. And it feels great. And so that's been helping. I've been (laughs) swimming, as you all know, at my local Y. I've been trying to do that once a week. And let me tell you, going from the Equinox In the West Village locker rooms, which, yes, okay, I actually haven't been a member for a few years, but that was my last, like, experience with a 
gym locker room, quite honestly. I haven't been to a gym in forever. To the local YMCA locker room is a humbling, someone is calling me, is a humbling experience. Yes, Lucifer. Do you want to be on the show? Hello. Hi. Do you need something? Just saying hi. So kind of you. What are you filming or recording? I'm recording a solo episode. On what? How much you love me? Yeah. Just update, talking about maternity leave, etc. in my new studio I set up. I know. That chair is so cute. Thanks. All right. Can I call you later? Yeah, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Okay, anyway, just one of our 15 daily FaceTimes, a humbling experience. And like the carpeted floor, there's something about it that I'm like, who decided this was a good idea? Who put wall-to-wall carpets in a locker room? Why, 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 why? Especially when you have pools, like, I hate that, hate it, but- it's the easiest, most affordable way for me to like have access to a pool. So I'm going to continue to try and swim throughout the end of this pregnancy. And then honestly, I like swimming, but it's not something like I, that's not my favorite choice of physical activity. So it's not something I'll do once the baby comes. Speaking of baby, that was the other thing with like setting up this area, because especially it's already a lot or just, it's a production to go into the city with a child. But now two kids, I I mean, we're going back to like fresh baby days. I'm already forgetting how actively involved and what a backseat work took for the early majority of Squash's life. And my sister was like, what's your childcare plan with this baby? And I'm like, I haven't gotten that far yet. Something we're going to have to navigate when the time comes. So I just want to make this easier for myself and be able to, again, prioritize time with my family, which is like the number one goal for me right now. So hence the new setup. This like maternity leave prep, whatever we want to call episode, talks a lot about what I'm doing to prepare for my time off and what it will look like and how I honestly am just so goddamn excited for the newborn cuddles and like hibernation in our home. I will say the feeling of nesting is so freaking real. I truly just want to be in our house with my family and cozied up on the couch 24-7. The other thing that I will be prioritizing during this time are my routines that I constantly rely on to assist with my overall health, specifically my morning AG1. I'm not exaggerating when I say I do not miss a morning. Even if I'm traveling, I have my AG1 travel packs with me. I gave AG1 a try because I originally wanted increased energy and immune system support, and now it is such a staple in my routine. As you guys know, I take AG1 first thing in the morning after I meditate and before I drink my coffee during that like solo time I have to myself before my toddler wakes up to be determined on what this process will look like when there is a newborn, but still there will be a cup of AG1 by my side every single morning. One of my favorite parts about AG1 is that as a busy parent, it comes right to my front door. I never have to worry about whether I am running low because my monthly subscription always shows up and that is a huge freaking win. So if you wanna take ownership over your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. Now, I get a lot of messages when I mention maternity leave of people being like, what does this look like 
for a creator? What does this look like as your own boss? Like, how does this work? And I keep saying I'm going to do a deep dive into it. So this will now be said deep dive. Basically, there is no maternity leave in this industry that I'm in. Like, it's not an option. Even if you look into like paid state leave, like paid family leave, I technically don't qualify because I'm the owner of the LLC. If I were an employee, like I truly don't fully understand, but I have looked and called and it appears that if you are the person who is listed as the CEO owner of the LLC, then you're not eligible for the benefits. Okay. So that's off the table. Like maybe one day in the future, there's a world where brands are like, if you're contracted for a certain amount of time, they help pay your mat leave. I don't know, but that's just not the reality right now. So that's why most creators don't implement or take a maternity leave. And I have a lot of mixed feelings around this because one, I have to understand that there's a mass privilege that I am setting time aside to do this financially because you're simply just not making money. And timing-wise, if we're being totally honest, kind of shit because November and December are typically two of the more lucrative months in this industry because everyone is focused on the holidays. There are so many campaigns going on around the holidays, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas, Black Friday, holiday shopping. There's a lot of affiliate money to be made in that space. Also, brands are trying to spend the like last of their fiscal budgets. And so they may have more money than they realize. And they're trying to do like last minute campaigns to spend. So I'm basically writing off two full months, two and a half months that are extremely lucrative of business. Because for me, there is the financial privilege that I'm able to do this. But my priority is spending time with our newborn and toddler and my family and easing into this and really prioritizing my mental health. So that's where I'm like torn in the sense of I totally understand why creators don't take it. It's not feasible financially for everyone, which fucking sucks. And this goes across all industries. Like pay to leave in this country is such shit. It's a joke. When I get messages from other FFA members, especially those in Canada, they're like, I can't even comprehend what you're saying because we get so much time that this blows my mind that that's like the standard for people. And especially if I mention that, for instance, Joe only gets four weeks, like that's a joke to me, a sick joke. And again, yes, there is paid family leave that he could take in our state. However, because I'm not making any money months of November and December and half of October. And I'm still paying out my team because they did not get pregnant. So they still deserve to be paid and they're staying on their retainers. We made the decision that the cut financially does not make sense for us to take the paid family leave because of what the benefit is. Basically, I'll just leave it at that. So either way, it's just a fuckery in this country, in my opinion. And as a creator and I know this is very specific, like the most confusing part is the times that you should be like off your phone and enjoying yourself the most are the times that other people want the most access. So whether it's like your wedding or a pregnancy announcement or a proposal or giving birth or postpartum, like 
those are the big life moments that people actually enjoy consuming content the most. Like those are the big things, the things they're excited for, the things they may resonate with, the things that they want more and more, more of. But in reality, that's when we should be like taking a step back, enjoying the moments in real life versus on our phones and creating content. So it's a very weird mental mix. And it's something I'm coming to terms with when it comes to postpartum because there are some creators I follow who it's just like the content is continuously flowing, flowing, flowing as if the kid was never born. And like, look, everyone is different. Everyone has different circumstances. Everyone has different childcare. Everyone has different opinions. Everyone has different interests and priorities. There's no judgment. It's just different. And for me, I can so easily fall into that mentality and I really don't want to. Did you know you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of Every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. I know I've talked about this brand a lot, especially on my Instagram, but I cannot get enough of them. And of course, I'm talking about Newly. I just got my latest shipment and I'm so obsessed with everything that came. These big chunky cardigans are going to be my fall staples through the remainder of this pregnancy and anytime I need to look put together, you better believe I'm relying on the two hatch pieces I got, the green jumpsuit that I wore to the Aura event last week, and then these like very cute beige corduroy overalls. They are the perfect combination of comfortable while also still looking like I put in an effort. Newly is a subscription clothing rental company that allows you to have fun and get creative with your style. They have everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. I love that I can play around and explore my style with Newly because I have no buyer's remorse around impulse purchases. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month and access to hundreds of styles from more than 400 brands, including some of my favorites like Free People, Anthropology, Madewell, year of hours, hatch, and so many more. They offer inclusive sizing going up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. So for all my fellow pregnant people out there, there are such cute options available. Plus, this is like the ideal setup for maternity clothing because you don't need to purchase and deal with them after you give birth and don't fit in the items. With fast and free shipping and returns, the items arrive right to my door and I even have the option to buy pieces that I rent and fall in love with, sometimes even up to 70% off. I honestly cannot say enough amazing things about this service. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but for right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with code Cameron20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter code Cameron20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code Cameron20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So what my maternity leave is going to look like, this is the plan. Right now, I have batched so much fucking work, which has given me a lot of anxiety, but has also been helpful in like checking things off the list. And honestly, these contractions the other night, which we will get into, helped me be like, let's get this fucking show on the road and make sure we're done with everything. So 
There will be a lot of like baby prep, et cetera, stuff coming out while this episode is released and a little bit later. And then I will content-wise during maternity leave, so the remainder of October and then months, November, December, not be doing any sponsor content. And I will be kind of posting as I want on my own accord. I will maybe go dark for a few days, come back on. Like there's no agenda and it's totally up to me and there's no pressure, which is the most important thing for me. I will be turning off my story replies because DMs, as much as I love connecting with everyone, sometimes give me anxiety because I feel like I have to respond and story replies just make it really easy to feel overwhelmed with DMs. This way, someone can still message me if they have something they really want to talk about, but the replies won't be a constant influx. And that way I can kind of designate like, all right, maybe an hour or so a week to go through them. Otherwise, when it comes to the show, we will still be releasing an episode every single week. So our team, bless Amelie and my producer, we have a new producer, guys, Josh, for and my producer who's no longer with us, Allie, I love you too, helping get everything set up. Every episode will still release every Wednesday. It'll be new content. And majority of them will be episodes that have been recorded prior to maternity leave. So while I was still pregnant, sorry for like the mental F, but that's just how this works. And then I think there will be two solo episodes throughout my maternity leave of just like a quick 30-minute check-in, probably a labor and delivery episode, and then like an update. And we have worked so hard to get all of the recordings done, the show notes, the ads, everything where trailers, it'll all like get posted, but it won't be any work on my end, which is the goal. Like I just want to be able to be in newborn la la land, la 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 land. And I talked about this on TikTok, I think. Something I'm actually really excited for this postpartum and I want to prioritize is last time having a kid in May, like was so wonderful because it was really nice out and, you know, we could do all this stuff. But it was also for me as someone who like loves the fucking beach was very, I felt hard because like we ended up going to the beach at three weeks postpartum. Then we were going every weekend, which is so crazy to think about. Sure, it was helpful to like be out of New York City, be out of our apartment, have more space, be in nature, et cetera. But I'm like, what the fuck was I doing thinking that that was a good idea and mentally was going to help me in the long run? Because as you know, it sure shit did not. So something I really want to do with this baby especially, and I think the season of it all will help aid in this, is just to like fucking hunker down and hibernate and spend time in our home and not put any pressure on myself. I just want to like hibernate and hunker down and enjoy the time as a family and really give myself the rest that I feel like I didn't with the first. I just felt like the first time around, I put so much pressure on myself and wanted to do so many things. And now I'm like, I just want to fucking lay on the couch with the baby on my chest and chill, 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 chill. And I know I have a toddler. It's like, that's probably not going to happen, but that's what I want to be doing. When it comes to the thing I've mentioned a few times now, this whole like labor situation, this end is such a mind fuckery. And I feel I've said that term now like five times in this episode, but truly it's so confusing because I was in bed the other night and I've now kind of been feeling like I've I've been having Braxton Hicks and the belly is definitely like tightening and 
I'm just starting to feel like, oh, we're, we're getting there. Like we are getting kind of close. It just feels as if things are starting to change and happen. And I was in bed at, well, that day I was in the city and things kind of felt weird. And then I was in bed and I woke up at like three or two 30 to such intense back pain, like rolling through my belly. And I'm like, what is happening? This feels like a contraction. And I had contractions the first time with squash, like overnight. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And of course, I spiral, spiral big time because I'm like, I'm not prepared. Hospital bag's not packed. I have so much left for work to do to like prepare and get ready for maternity leave. Just what? I'm not ready to have a baby. And also, I don't know why I'm so attached to this and I want to get into it, but the idea of like having this final goodbye with squash feels so important to me when in reality, I'm most likely not going to get it. And also, I don't think it's something that he would actually benefit from. So like selfishly, it's something I want, but I think it actually would do more harm for him. I don't know. We'll dive into that, but I just start spiraling. Then the contraction or whatever it was kind of stops. And then 15 minutes later, another one rolls through. And I'm like, okay, if I have a third one, I'm going to wake up Joe. Because I'm like, if I wake up Joe right now, realistically, what's he going to do? He doesn't, he's not a doctor. He's going to be anxious like me. And like, we don't know what to do. So I was sitting there. I end up texting two of my girlfriends who are due like two weeks after me in a group chat being like, is anyone up? And one of them has such bad insomnia. She happened to be. So we were kind of talking through it. And I'm like, okay, if I have another one, I will call the doctor and like figure out what to do. Wake up Joe, et cetera. But then I end up just falling back asleep. So I wake up at like seven and I feel fine. I call the doctor and this is what just kind of sucks about pregnancy in general. Or it's not pregnancy. I don't know. But like, it's just par for the course because I call and I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure I was having contractions last night but I'm 36 and a half weeks pregnant. So like it would be a little early. Can I maybe like come in today versus my scheduled weekly appointment on Friday just to get checked? And they were like, well, the nurse talks to the doctor and she's like, are you still experiencing these contraction like feelings? I'm like, no. And they were like, is there any leakage of fluids or bleeding? I said, no. And they're like, is the baby still moving? I'm like, yeah, the baby's still really active. And they're like, okay, so these are just like normal, like false labor pains. So let's just keep your appointment for Friday. And that's where I'm like, yes, I'm obviously happy that like nothing's wrong and all of those things. But it's just like, oh, you experience really weird pain in the middle of the night and you convince yourself you're in labor. Ah, normal. Don't worry about it. Just come on in on Friday at your appointment. Like it's just all of it is so wild to me. And I was texting my friend. She's like, no, every time I have something like weird happening to my body or it feels weird or I'm sick or X, Y, Z during pregnancy, my husband's like, should you call your doctor? Like do this. And the response is always like, yeah, that that's just pregnancy. Like it's just cuckoo bananas. What our bodies do and go through. As you all know, I am preparing for a lot of things when it comes to postpartum, and yes, many of those are mentally focused, but there are also a lot of physical changes as well. My body will be readjusting to itself. I will finally be squishy again and like able to bend over, and I expect, unfortunately, that I will begin the dreaded postpartum hair journey that so many of us go through. To prep for this specific experience when it comes to my hair, I am being extra diligent with my hair care now. Specifically, I am making sure that I am including 
incorporating my Vegamore products into my routine. If you're someone who is looking to help get a visibly healthier head of hair and scalp, let me tell you about Vegamore. In order to prep for the inevitable changes to come my way during postpartum, I have been relying on the Vegamore Grow Serum to help my hair grow. Not only is it so easy to incorporate into your hair care routine, but I have noticed a huge difference. And you better believe I will be continuously using this product throughout my postpartum journey. Vegamore is a holistic approach to hair wellness that incorporates clinically tested plant-based ingredients that work in tandem to promote healthy, beautiful hair naturally without the use of chemicals. All Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. And I'm not the only one who is loving Vegamore. They sell one bottle of Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That is how good this stuff is. Plus, if you're interested in trying more of their products, Vegamore has value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you can try more than one amazing product at a great saving. Give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, Freckled Foodie and Friends listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash Cameron. Use code Cameron at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M ourcom slash Cameron, code Cameron to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash Cameron, code Cameron. As we are gearing up for baby number two in this household, we are going through all of our old baby stuff and doing audits of what we have, ordering items we either need or want or looking to have doubles of, and there's just so much to sort through. And with this process, I've been putting together a list of my top recommended products to have on hand as parents. And one of those things, you better believe, is the Braun Thermoscan 7 Plus Ear Thermometer. As a parent, you are probably familiar with Braun because they are a trusted 100 year brand with quality products that are built to last, but let me tell you about their ear thermometers that are clinically proven to be as accurate as rectal, so you don't have to compromise your baby's comfort for the sake of accuracy. Since a fever in newborns can be more concerning, the fever threshold is lower. Braun has developed age precision technology to take the guesswork out. The Braun Thermoscan 7 Plus Ear Thermometer provides age-based fever guidance with a green, yellow, or red reading. This helps parents so they can understand the severity of the fever based on the child's age, and they don't need to spend time looking up information. Because let me tell you, when you're facing any type of situation where your kid is sick, the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a Google hole. Especially given that I will now have a toddler and a newborn, this age-based fever guidance is so beneficial and helpful and will absolutely save me time in the future. This app is a game changer for the middle of the night fever episodes when you can't remember the last time you gave a kid medicine and now another child is sick. Now you can keep everything together in one place for the whole family. As someone who has found themselves exhausted and sleep deprived and struggling to remember the details and numbers of all of these things when their child is sick, this is an absolute savior. To get yours, visit Amazon and search for Braun Smart Thermometer and use code 10 freckled at checkout for $10 off your order. So Mentally, sleep now has just made me anxious because I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to go to bed. And what if I go into labor tonight? The whole concept of like saying goodbye to squash. I just had a therapy session on this. And it's, I don't know. For me, the concept of like going from one to two is something I always knew we wanted. I always knew I wanted more than one child. Like that was always a definite. It was more so like, I wanted three kids. Now I'm kind of like, I think I just, I think, I think two is perfect for our family. And I, so I always knew that we'd go from one to two, no matter how we got there. 
so there's no like feelings of not wanting to, but I also think because this was a surprise, maybe I didn't mentally like get my footing before all of this. I don't know if that has to do with it because realistically in my dream world, the age gap would have been like three years and we're pretty close to that. We're six months off. So it's not like it's wildly different than the plan in my head was. But I think no matter what, it's difficult the change because I have these fears of like, this kid is my entire fucking life. Like I never want to be away from him. I am so utterly obsessed with him. And I have fears of like, how am I ever a going to love someone else as much if we're being honest. And I called my mom and was like, there's no way you love me as much as Maddie, my big sister. Like, there's just no way. I'm sorry. How is it possible? How do you love someone as much as your first? And she assured me she does, but I think it is different. Like the first, everything is new. Everything, even when they're older, everything's going to be new and the first time. I think with the second, maybe it's like this equal ish love and maybe a like, well, they get the more practiced version of of me as a parent. And I do hope that like I do think back on postpartum and a lot of the things that I mentally went through and I am excited to give this newborn like my more well-versed version during postpartum and a version who is hopefully less anxious and depressed and is able to be more present and happy and joyful and is more concrete in the fact that like not everything is permanent and we can just ride this wave. But I also am just so emotional around the idea of like having to share my love because yes, there's the fear of like, how will I ever love someone as much? But then there's also this like, I don't want him to feel any less loved. And I know that you just somehow expand. It's not taken from one bucket to put in the other. It's just somehow you have more. But like how? How? How is that possible? I don't know. I'm obviously going to have to report back. But that makes me feel a lot of things. And I also just feel like it's just been us, like the three of us, for so long and have been so, so blessed to spend such such a large quantity of time with him between both of us working from home and having like this kind of mixed bag childcare situation for the first two years, like being so actively involved that now I don't want him to feel like he gets less of me. I don't know. I just, it makes me really emotional to think about the idea of going from one to two. And my friend actually put it really well. I think her therapist said this to her where it was like for the first kid, it's almost as if your partner comes home with like another partner using my example as if like my husband just came home with another wife and was like, okay, well now you have to go sleep in the other room. Not that squash sleeps in our room, but like this new wife gets to do all the things that you don't get to do, like sleep in their bed or sleep in their bedroom and spend all this time together and not go to school and all these things. And you just have to watch. And that's kind of true. Like this baby's going to be sleeping in our room in a bassinet next to the bed and like spending so much time on me, napping, like not going to school, just being with us 24 seven where that's not his reality anymore. And I don't know, that just kind of breaks me to think about. I think he's going to be an amazing big brother, but I am obviously nervous for like all of these changes. And I think because of that, I have this idea in my brain that there will be this like moment 
where we're holding each other and I'm crying and I get to have like a goodbye to the two of us to close out the chapter as we know it. Then part of me is like, okay, well, what, what does that actually represent? And why is that important? I still have to work through that. But would that actually be helpful for him? I don't think so. I think that would fucking confuse him. Like, why are you crying? What's happening? Making it a bigger deal than it kind of has to be. I also like don't know. This is something I have to talk with Joe about. Like, are we telling him that we're I'm going to the hospital? Because I want to be the one when we get home, we want, like, I want us to be the people that tell him whether he has a brother or sister not happening over FaceTime or from a grandparent or aunt or uncle or friend, et cetera. And I'm like, what good would that do him? And I think that's my anxiety of going into labor overnight or like when he's at school, because there would be no goodbye, but like realistically, probably better for him. And that's what I should be prioritizing. I don't know, but this is literally what keeps me up at night. I did take a video last night of the two of us just like hugging, cuddling, singing, dancing, just for like context. But he just feels so old. Like the kid feels so fucking old. He literally feels 15 to me. And everyone's like, you're going to lose your mind when you bring home a newborn because your toddler is suddenly a teenager. And already it's happening. So I can't even fathom. Like I pulled out the newborn diapers and I was like, what the fuck? There is no way a baby fits in this. How are the babies so small? But somehow they are. Anyway, I know there's a lot of baby talk during this pregnancy and postpartum. Honestly, just I feel like everything has kind of shifted on my platform because it's just my life. And for so long, I tried to like hold on and beat myself, not beat myself up over it, but feel self-conscious over it. But then I'm like, that's just that's my life stage right now. I can't like be someone I'm not. And I will say the kindest words have come from you all. I feel so supported by the FF fam. It blows my mind, like so supported. You all are amazing. And I've met a few of you recently that have said the same thing where you're like, I'm 23, but I still love your content, which blows my mind, but thank you so much. But the kindest thing that anyone can say and what I think means so much to me is the words of like, I now feel I have an idea or a view through a lens into how to connect with XYZ person in my life who's going through this. Because a few younger members told me this recently where they're like, my sister or my sister-in-law or my cousin or whatever is pregnant and giving birth. And like, I have no idea how to show up for them, but because of your content now, I feel like I know more or I know how to. And that to me is the greatest gift I could ever give anyone. So thank you. Now, just for like a small piece of non-pregnancy stuff, I feel like we have to talk, have to talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, okay? So here are my thoughts. And so much could change by the time this episode is released. So I know I very well could be biting my tongue. But I really can't decide if it's real or not. I really can't. Because, and I know like I actually don't care about celebrity gossip typically. For the most part, I know fucking nothing about everything. Like I know nothing when it comes to celebrity stuff. And I feel icky when it comes to certain pop culture things. Cause I'm like these people, they're people. So I'm not shitting on either of them. Cause I love them both. First of all, Travis Kelsey, the Riz, he is dripping with Riz, like sex appeal. Just oh, it's something about him. My group chat, when we were all listening to his podcast the voice, the like confidence, I don't know, Riz, that's a word that I see on TikTok. I think the Gen Z's are using it, but the thing that I'm not sold on is this all feels very like kind of out of nowhere so fast, but also public, which is very not Taylor. And look, 
I am a quote unquote Swifty in the sense that like I love her music. Yes, I spent an exorbitant amount of money to like fly to Chicago and see her on tour and it was incredible. However, I'm not like one of the Swifties that like knows everything, all the Easter eggs, the history. Like I, I will never claim to be that because I simply don't. But I will say, like, we know her. She's very private. Everything's pretty typically private. And all of this feels very public, purposefully. Like, her being in the box at the game, that is so incredibly public. Her, like, driving away in the convertible when, like, she's always in an SUV with security. And people are like, oh, that means she feels comfortable with him. But, like, it's not him. Like, the reality is, like, the security is, the risk is outside. The call's not coming from inside the house. So that, to me, is like, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say, like, could this be the kind of like PR play? Because my friends were like, well, who who's gaining here? Obviously, Travis Kelsey's gaining on one side of like literally everything on TikTok is about the two of them now. I mean, I know that's my FYP, but like every ESPN TikTok, every other NFL team is TikToking about it. Every Everyone is talking about it. Their podcast, I can only imagine the increase in downloads of the episode after this all happened. Can only fucking imagine. His jersey sales were up 400%. Like there's no lying that this has helped him. And also I think when I listened to his show talking about this, it did feel a little like they kept teasing it, they kept teasing it, they kept teasing it. And he was so sweet when he talked about it. But I'm like, this kind of feels like we're using, like, it, it, I don't know. I can't explain it. And then for her, that's the biggest question. Like, what is she getting out of this? And I feel like maybe it's like the bounce back from the Matt Healy situation. And I don't know, but it feels so America, if we're being honest. Like, she is the America sweetheart pop culture icon of the past few years. And he is the best, one of the best players in the NFL, like America, and the two of them coming together. Let me just tell you, this is like Book Talk wrote this. Book Talk wrote this script. And we're basically, if it's real, watching a romance novel come to life. And I would love, love to get the spicy version in a few years. So that's what's happening over here. We're just constantly, my group chat has blown up over it. I will say though, the funniest thing that has happened, I think on TikTok recently is the trend of, can you believe Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map? Like the recordings of these men getting so frustrated by this commentary is hilarious to me. And me and my girlfriends all did it. And it's so funny. The videos, like they're all of the guys are saying the same thing. Every single one of them is like, well, no, I mean, he's like the best tight end in the NFL, like potentially ever. Like, and they're all pulling out like the same stats about like when he gets drafted on fantasy, all this stuff. And like, just can't conceptualize, like can't let it go. It's like, oh, eh, I don't know. And it's like, no, 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 no. So I love that trend. I, I think it's hilarious. That's all I have for you guys today. And potentially the last solo, I think it's going to be before maternity leave, unless like there's something wild that I need to come on here to discuss and the baby hasn't been born. But in my dream world, we're going to kind of lock everything up over the next few days. And then if the baby doesn't come early, I just have some time to fucking relax, which would also be ideal. I love you so much. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to me. Please keep listening during maternity leave. The episodes are awesome. I'm really pumped about so many of them coming out next week. Cindy Linville, three-peat guest. Here we go. And as always, not as always, I just started remembering to do this, but please 
share this episode, whether it be on social or with friends who you think would enjoy it. Rate, review on Apple, subscribe, do all of the things. That's the best way to support the show. And I love you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.